You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Great. Thank you so much, Steve. I do just want to say a very happy new year to everyone. Um, I found this picture on Facebook of Georgie, which I just thought seemed to sum up the new year, really, for me, the NHS serving. I'm sure many of us are glad to see the back of 2020. I wonder if you've made a resolution... A New Year's resolution. If you haven't, the top five are this. You're going to get a new job. You're going to discover new friends. You're going to do, I was going to say more travel, but obviously that relates to last year because most of us haven't traveled further than we can walk in about the last six months. You're going to save more money, clear debt, or exercise and lose weight. Those are the top five New Year's resolutions. And often, you know, at the start of a new year, there's something quite exciting. I feel really excited about what we're going to be looking at as a church for the next 12 weeks. We're going to start a series called Gospel Foundations. This is from the book of Genesis. I I don't know about you, but if, if I had to divide the book of the Bible in half, I would have probably gone like this. Old and New Testament. If you know anything about the Bible at all, you know there's 66 books, 39 are in the Old Testament. That's about life before Jesus, 27 New Testament. And I'd have often said, that's it. However, some would claim that if I divided the Bible, I should really divide on a topical issue. And if I divided the Bible topically, I should move my marker to Genesis chapter 11. And that actually, the first 11 chapters of Genesis are really the explanation of life. And Genesis 12, until the book of Revelation, is there an unworking of that. Oh, hopefully I've got you intrigued. And hopefully after week 12, you'll come back and say, I've moved the marker in my Bible or not. Anyway, let's read a bit. Genesis chapter 1. If you've got a Bible, you literally open. It's the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. We're doing 12 chapters. I'm only going to do two verses today. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I know it's short. I'm going to read it again. This is the word of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Father, as we look at the start of this new year, as we look at the start of the Bible, as we look at the start of this whole journey, We ask that we would hear your voice. We thank you already as we've come to sing to you, to worship you. You're so eager to speak to us. Holy Spirit, we believe that you inspired this word. We believe that you're here now. And so we do pray that you take this word and apply it to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so a bit of an introduction. Genesis, one of the oldest and most read books. Genesis, one of the most loved and most hated 
books. I don't know if you were alive in 1968, but if you were, you would have been aware that Apollo 8, with the American astronauts, circled the moon before heading home. William Anders, he was the astronaut, he's in the middle here, he read Genesis chapter 1 to a listening world. Fascinating, isn't it? Suddenly he'd come around the moon, he'd saw the earth, and he said, in the beginning, God. What about this book, though? Before we jump in and look at it, what are some of the themes, what is the theme that I might say you come out of Genesis? Well, I would like to describe the whole of Genesis in three words. Creation, sin, and recreation. Sometimes it's good to have that big picture, isn't it? Because the danger is that we suddenly jump into something and we think, hang on, what's the book of Genesis about? It's about creation, sin, and recreation. And who was this book for that we're going to be looking at? It wasn't actually written for Christians. It's interesting, isn't it? So often we jump in this and we think, oh, great, Genesis 1, that's really helpful. Wonder what it's going to say to me. We believe that the human author, we believe the Bible is inspired by God, but we believe that Genesis was written by Moses. We believe that actually this was happened while the Israelite community were wandering around having escaped Egypt. So they were in the wilderness, been there for 40 years. So the people that were receiving this had been slaves. They'd been lied to by Pharaoh who said, my Lord and my God. That's how you had to describe him. And they were in a culture that worshipped many gods. That's what the Egyptians were like. If you've seen the film Prince of Egypt, you see all these many gods that are coming up. But apart from that, if we're totally honest, this is a culture, I was going to say, that is as far removed from us today as we could possibly imagine. I've done a slide. The modern West as compared to the ancient Near East. We could, we could, we could have spent the whole morning just understanding those that read this were the ancient Near East. They had a group-centric identity. That's how society was in those days. We tend to have an egocentric identity. It tends to be about me. They had something where you promoted interdependence. That's how community worked. How do we really care for one another? We generally, in our society, promote independence. What does it do for me? They would see the whole... We tend to focus on the parts. They would urge community. We urge uniqueness. What's your unique role? They primarily talked about responsibility to others. We primarily talk about responsibility for ourselves. There you had a group membership inherited place in society. It depends upon, you know, that's why there's so many lists in the Bible, isn't it? Because it was who your father was, it depends who you were in society, whether you could be a priest. Our group membership tends to be on renewable contracts. Their behaviour was shaped by the leader's authority. Ours tends to be shaped by our individual rights. Their worth was based on their family status. Our worth seems to be based on our personal achievements. Hierarchy was a key for them. Equality is a key for us. Friendships in those days were long-term. Friendships today can be functional. 
We move quickly. We make our own decisions. We leave others. Personal decisions then were made in community. Personal decisions now we make alone. There was a desire for group satisfaction then. There's a desire. Oh, wow. Now, it seems a very stark contrast. I guess what I'm just trying to say is when we come and approach the book of Genesis, who is it written to and what were they like? The Jewish name for the book is in the beginning. I don't know about you, but we cannot help today. We are fixated on time. Let's be honest. We no longer want to think about a generation. We'd rather not focus on a year, a month, a week, or a day. Because we are the digital generation, we focus upon this second right now. This is one of the reasons why I wear a watch like this. Because it makes me actually think of 12 hours rather than one minute that the digital time tells me. I've since learnt, preparing for this, and many of you are much wiser than me, I accept that, of a zeptosecond. Yes, we all know what a zeptosecond is. It's the smallest time unit that has ever been measured. Apparently, it's a trillionth of a billionth of a second. And it has been measured, if you don't believe me, ask Logan. Logan's a professor. Then, uh, you, you know what it's like on Google, you go down a rabbit warren, don't you? And I think, golly, what am I going to do with this one? I, I, then I discovered a yaktosecond and plank time, but I couldn't even understand those at all, so I left them. In the beginning, some time before time is really what this is saying. There was God. I read one sermon just on this morning. And that sermon said, which I love, you know, this is the most important verse in the entire Bible. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. In, in the Hebrew language, they say that it's just seven words and that those seven words shape the foundations of everything else. Someone else said, if you can believe Genesis 1 verse 1, if you can believe it, then you won't have any trouble with the rest of Scripture. Now, some of you would have noticed, because you're really sharp on me, that I've, I've messed up my shirt this morning. Yeah, you think my wife is probably sitting there thinking, Pete, what's happened? Well, I'd like to point out the fact that I got up early and she was still asleep, so I got dressed in the dark. And the problem is, when you get dressed in the dark, that actually, if you get the first button wrong, the rest of the buttons don't work out, do they? You know, it just doesn't quite fit. I would like to suggest that the first button is what we're looking at this morning. And the first button is who is God. Because if we don't get in the beginning, if we don't get the first button right, the rest of the buttons doesn't quite fit. But actually, if we suddenly get the first button into the right buttonhole, the rest of it makes sense. In the beginning, God. Derek Kidner, he wrote a commentary, Tyndale series. It's quite a long quote, this one. He says this, It is no accident that God is the subject of the first sentence of the Bible. For this word, God, dominates the whole chapter and catches the eye at every point of the page. It is used some 35 times in as many verses of the story. The passage... Indeed, the book is all about him, first of all. 
to read it with any other primary interest, which is all too possible, is to misread it. The first verse is about God. The book is about God. Let's just have a quick show of hands, because I know we can't have much talking, and I quite like that. How many here have read or are aware of The Purpose Driven Life, a book by Rick Warren? Yeah, number of hands. Right, I'm not expecting you to have learned it off by heart, but if you read the first verse, okay, it's the introduction. Anyone know what the first sentence is in the book, The Purpose Driven Life? No, no, it's sad if you do know it, really. His first sentence is, it's not about you. And he's written this bestseller that has sold millions and millions of copies all around the world. And he's got this final thing. But actually, his first sentence in the book is, it's not about you. And in many respects, I would say that is just copied scripture. In the beginning, God. Look, I love the Christmas carol, Oh, come, let us adore him. I wonder if we should be singing it all year round, because before anything else is God. Creator of everything else is God. Independent of all others is God. Eternal, almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, awesome, this is our God. So when we start the book, when we start the year, I think we need to stop and just look back and think, who is our God? Cicero was a Roman statesman. He lived before Christ. He said, to be ignorant of what happened before you were born is to remain a child always. To be ignorant. It's almost like, hey, have you ever thought? And I think, God, sometimes I've never preached through the book of Genesis. I'm really looking forward to this series. And you suddenly think, God, to stop and look back right to the beginning, I think helps us. Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One, understanding. I honestly believe we're going to learn so much from this series, Genesis 1 to 11. And sometimes, it seems strange, to understand what something is, you almost understand what something isn't. You explain what it isn't. Again, I would love to be getting you every time. I've got this same slide comes up. It comes up about six times. So, you know, you should be going, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. What does that mean? It does mean no to existentialism. Oh, that's a long word, and I've got kids in here this morning. What's existentialism? It's a a philosophical theory or approach which emphasizes the existence of the individual person as a free and responsible agent determining their own development through acts of the will. So basically, it says it's about you. But actually, no, in the beginning, God. So it's not you. This can be a challenge for us as Christians as we start a year. I believe in godly disciplines. I believe in prayer and fasting and daily Bible reading. I believe in serving and giving of our money. But being a Christian is not about what I do. It's about what he has done for me. In the beginning, it's God. You see, I do believe there is a God that will judge. I do believe there is a God that offers hope. And so therefore, it's not just about me. What what am I going to do this year? Romans 6, 23 says, For the wage of sin is death, 
but the gift of God is eternal life. In the beginning, God. That means not polytheism. Oh, golly. Another one. I tried to get as many isms in as I possibly can. What's this mean? The belief or worship of more than one God. Now, many of you might be sat here this morning or watching online and thinking, golly, in a church, isn't that sort of Hindus? We don't believe in many gods. Okay, let me just ask you to pause and think for a moment. Do we stick Christianity on the shelf with our opinions and our thoughts about other things? And when they collide, who do we decide comes out top? What about your career? What about your money? What about your need for relationship? Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be voted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God, not dualism. Dualism is the religious doctrine that the universe contains opposed powers of good and evil, especially as balanced equals. What does that mean? Well, uh, this week, as many of us have been, uh, we've had Christmas as a family of five, so we've not been seeing people on extended family. So we watched The Hobbit over three nights and Lord of the Rings over another three nights. I mean, it's great, isn't it? Six nights. I can't remember how many bars of chocolate we got through. <laughs> what a great... But the, the challenge with both of them, look, and I like both of them, and they've got great, great sort of challenges in there written by Christian. but the danger is that you can think it's this finely balanced life between good and evil. And if you've never seen the end of the film, I will spoil it. It has been out a long time. You know what I'm saying? But we know what happens. But, oh, God, will it, will it? The danger sometimes is, as Christians, I think we can live with that kind of mindset. How? Okay, let me ask, how do you pray? Is it that there's a, a finely tuned balance between good and evil? Or are we confident that God is in charge? Only God has existed eternally. It's not an equal fight. God is the creator. Satan is merely a creature. He is not the opposite of God. We read, don't we, in Philippians 2, of Jesus Christ. He came to this earth. He died rose again. It says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's none that compares to him. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Not materialism. Materialism, a tendency to consider material possessions and physical comfort as more important than spiritual values. Life is only about what we see and touch. Okay, let's make this really real. Am I more concerned about my car being scratched than my lack of prayerlessness? In the beginning, God... Was my Christmas more about presents and food or encountering Jesus Christ? In the beginning, 
God. It's not about the material things. Jesus again warns the disciples in Luke 12. He said to them, watch out, be on your guard. I mean, why not? That kind of mentality. Against all kinds of greed, life does not consist in in an abundance of possessions. Oh, wow. Because the first verse of the Bible says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God, not hedonism. What's hedonism? Yeah, I told you I was going to get a lot of isms in. I haven't finished yet. Hedonism, the pursuit of pleasure, sensual self indulgence. Let, let me ask you a question. I'm asking myself this. It's funny, I was with someone recently and they said, Pete, I've picked up. Every time you point at someone, you make the comment, I'm putting three fingers at myself. I feel that true. It's true today. So have I settled for hedonism? Look at 2020, for example. Was it a bad year? We'd all go, yes, of course it was. Why? Because God wasn't with me? Or because I didn't enjoy the pleasures of this life like I expected. How? Have I settled for Christian hedonism? You see what I'm saying? Because what I really want is I want God. Because in the beginning it's God. But I can look back and say, well, last year God was with me every single day. God is still with me now. God is not the light at the end of the tunnel. God is with us now. But have I slipped to... Well, actually, if I'm enjoying life, God is with me. And if I can't travel and I can't see my friends and my family, I'm not. Psalm 37 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I I was going to push on. I know that I'm going too slow. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God, not atheism. Atheism, the disbelief or lack of belief in the existence of God. And now again, you're going to say to me, Pete, why on earth are you bringing that one up? I'm in church. I'm watching online. I'm in the family zone. Because I'll tell you what, sometimes I think my own life, the danger is I pray to God in the morning, read my Bible, and then live the rest of the day as if he wasn't there. Isn't that atheism? Whereas the Bible says, in the beginning, God I I should have a bigger view of God. As I go into this year, I don't just want to think, oh, I've done church on Sunday and now I've got to struggle Monday to Saturday. I don't just want to think, oh, I've done my CBR reading today. No, no, actually, it's all of God. In the beginning, God. Psalm 14 says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. In the beginning, God, not pantheism. Pantheism, a doctrine which identifies God with the universe or regards the universe as a manifestation of God. This is my last one. I will come and land very quickly. Pantheism confuses God with his creation. The art is not the artist. The poem is not the poet. The music is not the musician. And the creation is not God. I love it, but the Bible says, in the beginning, God... I'd love to have a little motto. We don't very often do this as a church, do we? But for 2021, my motto would be this, start with God. I wonder if we could take that as three words for the whole of this year. Start with God. Whatever I'm going to do, start with God. 
I want to build a marriage this year. Start with God. How do I handle my money? Start with God. What's work going to be like when you flip on the laptop tomorrow morning? Start with God. What's my identity? Start with God. What are my plans, my lifestyle, my goal? Start with God. You see, the Bible is mainly about God, not about what I do, but what God has done. Isaiah 40, God says, through the prophet, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? See, I believe as we look at this book of Genesis, we are going to have a revelation of God and the gospel that's going to... You know, I, literally, if you're at home or if you're here, you need to put a seatbelt on because this is going to get you out of your seat. If all begins with God, then every head should bow. If all begins with God, then every knee should bend. If all begins with God, then every will should yield. If all begins with God, then every hand should serve. If all begins with God, then every mind should worship. If all begins with God, then every heart should love. I think this is the most important verse in the Bible. In the beginning... God. I know for those that are obviously here with us physically, we are going to be taking bread and wine together. And we do this because actually it reminds us that even our salvation, that if you're a Christian, you're welcome to take part. If your children are sat next to you, it's entirely up to you. But this is an opportunity for us to come back and say, hey, it's not about me and my resolution this year. It's about you You first loved me. You chose me when I was dead in my sin. In the beginning, God. Often when we take the bread and we take the cup, we think of different things. Today we're thinking, in the beginning, God.